Welcome to Digitally Creative. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me this week is nobody. It's just me this week. It's a little weird for me to do a solo episode. I readily admit that, and I'm not going to keep you for very long, but I figured since, as you're listening to this, yesterday is the four-year anniversary of Digitally Creative. Well, the podcast, we'll say, because it was originally Because We Make and is now Digitally Creative. And realistically, there was only about three months of hiatus in those four years. So I'm allowing myself to celebrate a four-year anniversary for it. But since it's the four-year anniversary, I figured I would do something a little bit different and do what I wanted to call a state-of-the-show episode. And I thought it would be really cool to recap where the show is, where it's going, and what my plans are for it for the future. Um, Because I think that's something we should probably talk about. Because a couple of things have changed a little bit, and a couple of things are going to change slightly, but for the better. And don't worry, I'm not ending the podcast. I'm still doing it weekly. It's still going to be a thing. I'm always going to be hustling to find the best guests for you guys to entertain, amuse, and inspire. Because that's what we're supposed to do in the maker community, right? We're supposed to entertain, inspire, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, four-year anniversary. So, this show started May 15th of 2019, which it's hard to think that I had the idea for this show on like May 12th-ish. Um, I recorded episode zero and then pretty much a few days later recorded episode one. And when I started this show, the idea was to have something that wasn't already out in the maker community. A lot of maker podcasts are very project-centered, and I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I don't mind listening to that at all, but that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to get to know the people. And my vision for Because We Make was the behind the music of the maker community. And that's what I've aspired to do for the four years of this show. And Granted, we've moved a little bit. I keep saying we, by the way. I'm using the royal we. There's not multiple people working on this show right now. It's just me. Um, it's kind of moved into people who use technology in their creative life, artists, um, pretty much anyone who is a content creator or a maker or an artist or someone who uses digital technology to, to produce their craft is a candidate to be a guest on this show. And I've really enjoyed the makers I've had on this show over the years. I love talking to the makers. I love talking to the people who are, you know, the people that we all know, the people in this tight-knit little group of people that we all see at all the events. But I'm also enjoying talking to people outside of our box just a little bit. You know, episodes like um, ones where we've spoken about artificial intelligence or where we've had TV people who are on baking shows or stuff like that. Stuff that's a little outside the box for a maker podcast. And I readily admit, and I don't want to cause controversy, but I readily admit that one of my inspirations for that has been Joe Rogan. Not the content specifically, but the kind of conversations that he has with people. Because he pretty much just gets the guest on and then lets them talk for you know two to three hours and gets to the bottom of them, who they are, what they're thinking about, what interests them. And I always wanted to do that. And I'm trying to do that even more because honestly, it's really hard when you don't have a co-host splitting the labor with you to kind of keep a show corralled. 
you know, it's the, the dream of a podcast host is I come on, I introduce you, you talk for an hour, and then we call it a show, right? And those are my favorite episodes. But at the same time, I have to be ready all the time. I don't have a fallback position. I don't have someone I can fall back on. And I'm not saying that people use their co-hosts as crutches. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that's the situation I'm in now. Whereas for the first three and a half years of this podcast, I had a co-host. And it's very different doing the show without it. But now it also gives me a chance to be flexible in the kind of guests that I have and what we talk about and that kind of stuff. So the numbers took a hit this last few months. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that they didn't. But the the interesting thing, and this is where this is where you have to look at your numbers as a whole, right? I don't usually talk about numbers. I don't look at them that much anymore. I realized that I was obsessing over them a little too much. So give you a little background on the numbers. Because we make used to average between 350 and 400 downloads an episode, which is honestly for a podcast – I always thought it was low, but then you hear about some of these guys that are getting, you know, 150 to 200, and you're like, oh, so I'm right in there with some of the popular shows, right? Even the big shows. You know, there's very few massive shows, and there's a lot of middle shows. And I would consider this, as far as audience size, a middle show, even though the audience sounds a lot smaller. I mean, if roughly a thousand people a month listen to this podcast. I'm perfectly fine with that. That's a good number. But here's the interesting thing. So the numbers overall are down, but that's on launch week. The tail of this show has gotten much longer, where since the show isn't topical, and that's fine with me, again, I don't want something that you can only listen to on the specific day it's released, and then it's irrelevant a month later. Over time, all the episodes are hitting the numbers from Because We Make Days. So... Even though the numbers are down, I'm talking in the immediate, you know, let's say two to three weeks after release, but overall, over the course of maybe, I don't know, six months or so, numbers are right where they were. And I'm very happy about that. Honestly, I would be happy if they were down. I'm not unhappy or happy with numbers. I'm only looking at whether I'm doing the show I want to do, whether I'm putting out a quality product, and whether the people listening to it are enjoying it. The other metric that I use to determine if the show is doing well or if it's worth continuing is the number of paid supporters. And so far, that number has only gone up. I've not lost any subscribers. I've only gained subscribers since I put this um, out there as value for value, where people can pay for the show if they like it or not pay for it if they don't. And I am very very, very happy that so many of you have decided to support this show financially because realistically, anything that takes me out of the shop, which is my only source of income right now, or anything that distracts me from planning projects or producing content is actually a bad thing for me if it's not making money. But I'm very happy with the amount of financial support that you all have put out for the show. It means the world to me. I can't begin to tell you how unbelievably stressful it's been for me for the last couple of months and how hard it's been to not have the safety net. You know, like for 20 years of my life, if I lost my job, hey, my wife made enough money where, okay, you know, you lost your job, go find another job. You know, I don't have that situation anymore. I, I don't, I, I am it. 
Like if I, if I fall on my face, I'm homeless. You know, I'm, and you guys, when I said that at the beginning, you guys have literally ran to my defense and supported me. And in fact, yesterday, and I won't call him out by name, but he knows who he is. Um, yesterday I got a notification that somebody had canceled their subscription and I was really sad. I was like, Oh no, am I, am I starting to fail my audience? And it turns out that he was actually just upgrading his subscription. So he canceled his existing plan and took a bigger plan and man, that hit me right in the feels, you know? And he, I, I told him, I said, I, I, I appreciate that so much. I said, you don't know how much that means to me. The fact that you were already in and you decided to get more. And he said that, I know you could use it right now and I'm in a position to help. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, is the audience smaller? Yes. Are they more engaged and are they more involved and invested? Absolutely. And I get so much joy from that. I get so much joy when I when I see the um when I see the Hall of Fame is not getting smaller every week. <laughs> it's really a nice feeling. And it means the world to me. And like I said, it's a smaller audience, at least on launch week, but it's a more engaged audience. As far as guests go, um, I am probably going to expand what I look for in a guest because, look, here's, here's the reality of doing a weekly podcast that's guest focused. It's hard to have a guest every week. It's very hard to have a guest every week when you're doing everything for the show by yourself. And it's super hard to do that when you are only looking in a certain niche community where everyone's been on a show multiple times. Um, for example, and I had Emmett from Dead Rise Woodcrafts on and two days, a day before um, Dean and Austin had him on Making Our Way. Now, the one good thing about having a guest that Making Our Way has is that, well, honestly, we don't do the same show. So I can talk to Emmett for 90 minutes and we don't overlap on topics. So I didn't worry about it too much, but that does happen from time to time where people are, quote, doing the tour, as I like to say, where they're showing up on multiple podcasts because they have something to promote. And I don't fault people for having something to promote. And I will happily have anyone on that has something to promote if it's interesting enough for my audience. So not saying that. I'm just saying that that's the difficulty in booking guests. But what I've also wanted to do is since digital is such a broad term, I want to start having more guests that are connected to the digital world, but not necessarily makers or somebody who has an interesting story or somebody, hell, sometimes someone who might just give you a kick in the butt. Last week I had Chance Canary on and he's a maker, no doubt about it. He's a maker. He fabricates. He's a woodworker, lasers, CNCs, the whole nine yards. Dude's a monster in the maker community. But I didn't have him on as much to talk about his maker history as I did to talk about his personal life because his personal life is interesting to me. You know, he's been through a lot. He's His family's been through a lot. He's come up from circumstances where, you know, you basically handed the man a pass to say, hey, if you fall on your face, it's okay. Here's your built-in excuse. And he just said, screw that. I'm just not going to fail. And he refuses to fail. And I think sometimes we need things like that, right? And it would be a shame to have him on to talk about his opinion on lasers and CNCs when he's got this amazing personal story. So... I want to have more guests on that aren't necessarily makers, but are just interesting people 
who have some tangential even connection to digital creation, whether it's they have a podcast, you know, maybe a fellow podcast. So it's like I had John Reddick from um, Gen X Grown Up, who is one of my favorite people. He's just a super nice guy. And I knew that that episode was going to be a measuring stick for whether or not you guys would embrace something outside of the maker community. And it turns out that's one of the most popular episodes I've done other than having the Godfather, Jimmy DeResta on. So that was a major eye opener for me. It's like, yeah, people are okay with this. As long as the guest is interesting, they're going to, they'll respond. So expect more guests that are a little bit um, outside of, I hate using the word mainstream because none of the guests on here are really mainstream, but you understand what I mean when I say the mainstream of the maker community, so to speak. Um, I want to keep the show going. I want to keep it interesting for you guys. And I want to, I hate to say it, but I also need to keep it interesting for me. And I listen to a lot of maker podcasts and I found myself listening to fewer maker podcasts or not pouncing on them as soon as they come out. Because I don't want to be saying the same things to people that are already being said. I hear this with stand-up comedians a lot where if you ask a stand-up comedian, you know, if they've seen X's work or who their favorite stand-up comedians are, most of them don't have an answer to that question because they don't watch other people's work. And for me, I start I'm starting to understand why. Because I want to give you guys a unique look at somebody and their, you know, their life and who they are and what they're about. And if I start being influenced by other podcasts, I'm going to ruin that. And I don't really want to do that. So yeah, I'm very excited about where the show is going. I'm excited that the show is going to continue. I'm excited that the reception has been so good. I'm excited that you all are there listening. Um, so am I continuing the show? The answer is yes. I am not going anywhere. Um, right now I'm on the verge of potentially finding a new job. I think I have something. Um, and I have a freelancing gig working as an, a technician for an IT company that's growing. So I have a lot of irons in the fire, so to speak. And, you know, as somebody like Al, when he needs somebody, you know, he needs some paid labor, I provide paid labor for him. I'm perfectly fine going up there to work with him. I love hanging out with my buddy Al. Um, so I've been finding a place for myself um, and it's working by some miracle. It's working. Um, my personal life is excellent. I have a girlfriend who I love dearly, who, in fact, as I'm recording this, it is now quarter to 12 on Saturday morning. I'm just waiting for her to get here and we're on our way to Philly for four or five days. And apparently it's take your boyfriend to work day. <laughs> this week. So it's going to be super fun. And I'm everything in my life, with the exception of my employment situation, seems to have calmed down so much. I mean, last year, it hit a nice little, you know, the the noise was low. And now it seems like the noise is gone. Like I'm I'm calm. You know, I'm not waking up in the middle of the night with acid reflux or my stomach isn't a constant disaster. I mean, you guys know the issues I've had over the years. Um, I'm at a I'm in a better place and I'm enjoying my life as, as terrified as I am about not being able to see five feet in front of me. Hey, I drive in the fog, too. Right. You know, you can't see that far in the fog, but you know where you're going and I know where I'm going. I just got to trust that if I keep going in the direction I'm going, I'm going to get where I'm going. 
So yeah, where do we go next? Um, let's talk about the merch. Um, I gave people a few extra days and I'm glad I did because I got a couple of extra days for these lovely digitally creative t-shirts. Um, I'm really happy with how they turned out and I can't wait to start getting them in your hands. One of the things I'm going to do while I'm in Philly and Kathy's at work is I'm going to start ordering. I have, I actually have it right here. I'm not going to show it long, but this is my order sheet. So I know exactly how many I have to order, how many transfers, how many shirts. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about getting these ordered for you guys and getting them into your hands. I did say mid, mid, Mar mid May, and it's going to be mid-May, just like I promised. Um, I just wanted to give people an ample opportunity to order them if they wanted them. And like I said, I'm glad I did because I got a couple more orders this week. So um, that order is going to be put in in the next day or two, which is exactly – actually, by the time you hear this, it probably will already be in. It's the next day or two as I'm recording this. Um, I think that's about it, guys. Um, I, I don't know what else to say to convey my gratitude for everything that's happened with this podcast, you know, for the people that helped me bring it back from the dead. Um, the people that listen every week, the people that share the show, the people that have come on the show, you know, people that, you know, told me they would be happy to have the show back when it wasn't here. People like Jimmy DeResta, who told me he would be happy to be my first guest. Um, my first guest when I, if I ever did bring the podcast back and then kept his word, I mean, I'm having a better run in my life with this stuff than I had any right to ever expect that I would. And, you know, when people say that they appreciate what I've given to the makers community, I always feel humbled because I don't feel like I give anything. I do a podcast, right? But when another maker tells you they love your show and what you do, and this isn't me tooting my own horn. This is me just telling you how blown away I am by the feedback I get from you guys. And as, I've, as I said when I brought this show back, you all said how much Because We Make meant to you. And I had no idea. I thought it was just another podcast in your rotation. But a lot of people are like, I'm really sorry to see it go. And I'm super happy that I get to give you a similar show in spirit but a show that's even more in line with the kind of show that I wanted to do when I started Because We Make. Um, it wouldn't also be, it also wouldn't be appropriate to, you know, go through a fourth anniversary state of the show show without throwing some credit to, um, throwing some credit to Ethan Carter who was my right-hand man for most of the run of Because We Make, who helped connect me to people I had no connection to whatsoever, and who's still a good buddy of mine. Um, Ethan, in fact, Ethan's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. There, I let the cat out of the bag a little bit, but we are going to have a little reunion show, me and him, just um, chatting about stuff now that he's big and famous and doing freaking collaborations with my favorite artist. <laughs> him but yeah i am i'm very excited about that i'm very excited to chat with ethan again it was cool seeing him at maker camp and um i'm looking forward to that very much looking forward to that just kind of old time sake i may even use the old intro song just because it would be kind of funny to do that right and of course um brooke Deneau, who was the second host of the show who really helped me 
realize how much I actually liked doing this show. Um, I was kind of in a place where I was burning out on it. And she brought back the spark when she came to the show. And her approach to the show was different from mine. And she was she was kind of like a spark that lit a fire under my ass and made me want to do the show more, made me want to commit to it in a way that I hadn't committed. Or I was starting to lose that, you know, you you do something long enough. I don't care what it is. You start to lose the drive for it. And Brooke was always Brooke was always good about that. She um, made me really want to do that. And I couldn't have kept the show going at that point without her as my co-host. And I'm very grateful to both Ethan and Brooke because both of you, both of you, I don't know if either one of you even listen to the show anymore, but both of you were part of the reason that Digitally Creative exists. And I definitely owe quite a bit to both of you. So thank you for that. Um, I guess that's about it. We should probably switch over. And since I'm also... talking about gratitude and being thankful for everything that you guys have done for the show and everything else. Um, I think it's time to thank the usual rogues gallery of supporters because without you guys, I could not do this show. I said from the beginning that if this show wasn't financially successful, then I would have to stop it because it needs to, it needs to not be a drag on me. It can't, I can't afford to invest in the show and not get a return. And you guys, you guys answered the call. So the people that support this show financially are Matthew Serio of Artigiano Serio and Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks. They are on the terabyte tier of support is the highest level of support that you can give this show. And I am so grateful for their support of this show. It means the absolute world to me. The gigabyte tier, which is my second tier of supporters, Tori Decker from Tori Did It, Ed Swanson of Ed's Clocks and More, Jake Drews of Make with Drake, Make with Jake. I always say Make with Drake. It's Make with Jake. Sorry, Jake. Megan Chris from Onyx Designs Woodwork and Christian Neary of Warren Works. At the Megabyte tier, we have Jeff Stein, a weird guy, Kim and Garrett from Kim and Garrett Make It, Rory Langefeld of RLO Woodworks and DIY, Robert J. Keller of, um, well, Robert J. Keller. He's his own guy. He doesn't have a thing. <laughs> Rebecca Cole of Beck C Designs, Brian Arsenault, the Seven Hills Maker, Lars Coleman of Colorado Multicraft, Dave Bauer of Dave Bauer Art, Nick Birch told of Birch told Design Build, and Donald LeBlanc of Fun with Woodworking. And then at the bite tier, um, Jeremy Spees, Mike of Pixels to Prototype, Grant Alexander of the Clamp Podcast, Brad Harrison of Brad's Customs, and Billy Poulton of Poulton Projects. Thank you so much to all of you. You guys, most of you have been there since Digitally Creative was born, and it means the world to me. It means the world to me. You guys, a lot of you supported before a show even dropped. And I know I've said this to people, and they're like, well, they knew what to expect because you were doing Because We Make. I was like, yeah, but I wasn't doing Because We Make. And this isn't Because We Make. This is Digitally Creative. And people trusted me enough to support me before I even put a single episode out. And that means the world to me. So thank you so much for supporting the show financially. I hope... I hope I continue to give you value for that support. Um, I also hope that if you do like this show, you'll find some way to support it because every little bit does in fact help. Um, 
we can do. You can review the show on the podcast platform you get it on. And if you give me a review and I don't read it, I might not have seen it. Don't be afraid to shoot me an email through the contact form at the website and let me know that there's a review waiting and I will make sure it gets on the air and you get credit for leaving one. Even if it's a bad one, as you know from the Because We Make Days, I don't shy away from criticism. I don't mind it and I have no problem I have no problem facing it. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Um, share the show, leave a review, um, suggest guests. I've gotten a few good guest suggestions, and I got a couple of interesting guests coming up that I'm very excited about. I have one that <laughs> I can't believe he's even heard of the podcast, so it's going to be really cool to chat with him. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Guys, it's been a wild four years. It's been a particularly wild ride since the end of October of last year with this particular podcast. But I'm not going anywhere, and I hope you're not either. Thank you so much, so, so, so much for making this a great four years, for sticking around, for supporting the show, for sharing the show, for the people that have been on the show. Thank you so much for being guests. Um, just thank you for everything. And I say this with the biggest smile on my face possible. I will definitely not only see you next week, but I will see you for many, many episodes to come. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And I love you all. <laughs>